All right, well, here's the deal. We're going to take off in a new direction today, and it's going to be a series that's going to go for, uh, for several weeks, several Sundays. And the, the title of this series is going to be Identity, uh, looking at who we are in Christ. All right, Identity, who am I? And we're going to be today in Psalm chapter 8. So if you'd like to go ahead and turn there, that'd be great. Um, but I think this is, I've had this message on my desk, this series, for maybe 18 months. And I was just praying for the right time to maybe share this. And uh, earlier this summer, I felt like this would be something to take us into the fall, um, building off of life groups and uh, trying to invite people back to church. And so I, I hope this will be something that's beneficial for us. It's my prayer that it will be honoring to God. But I think it's extremely important. So identity, who am I, is what we're going to be talking about. So when you think of the word identity, what comes to mind? Who you are, okay? Who you are. So how would you identify yourself? If you just gave one word, what would it be? My identity is I am... Ma'am? American, okay? Or saved. Sir? Christian, okay? Somebody else, your identity? A child of God, all right? Anybody else? What makes you who you are? At least how do you see yourself as who you are? What is your identity? See yourself maybe as a parent, mother, father, a child, a brother, a sister, some kind of employee, neighbor. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things in life that identify us as who we are. And if, if we're not careful, even as Christians, we run the risk of living this life, running this race with the wrong identity. Okay? Sometimes we're constrictive or we're restrictive as far as it relates to who we are in Christ. And so what I'm going to try to do through this series, and what I pray that God does, is He reminds us again of who we are, and we're able to let loose of some of these words and titles that define us, or so we think they do, and we can really start wrapping our lives around who we are in Christ. See, to me this is huge because it affects every portion of life. How you think about yourself determines how you live. You know that? What you believe about who you are determines how you go out and do life. If somebody comes up to you and says, you'll never be able to play basketball, you know what most often happens? You'll never go try. Because you're not a basketball player. You know, and sometimes as parents and grandparents, we try to put the identity on our children that's not God's identity for that child. You're not your brother. You'll never be as smart as him. Says who? says me, I'm your dad. Is that what God says over me? No. And so sometimes we press into our kids who we want them to be. This is your identity. This is who you are in Jesus. Man, we've got a, we've got a world that's in crisis. We've got churches that are in crisis because they don't know who they are. When you don't know who you are, man, you go out and live like everybody else. Just Whatever your opinion is, if I can go along with that and kind of suits me, I'm okay with that. So identity is huge. And we're going to spend some time here looking through it. We're going to try to get to the heart of it here this morning. Then throughout the, the following weeks here, 
We'll look at several different things that God says over. This is what should define me. This is who I am. And in light of that, I should live this way. All right? So here's some definitions and three different things. And this will be kind of a dominant theme throughout the whole course of this series. But to define identity, one definition is it's the awareness that an individual group or an individual or group has of being a distinct persisting entity. It's an awareness that an individual or group has of themselves. And so it's I know who I am. That's my identity. I know who I am. Right? Maybe you feel like you do today or maybe you're just swimming. It's also the condition of being. So I know who I am and now I'm living under that identity. And then it's also the set of characteristics by which a person or thing is definitively recognizable. Okay? So this is who I am. Because of this is who I am, this is how I go live. And because I live this way, other people see that that's who I am. Does that make sense? And so that kind of sums up the Christian life. I need to know who I am so I can go live a certain way. And as I live a certain way, other people will recognize me as one of His. Right? I want to be a reflection of him. I want them to know him. And so we're looking through this thing with awareness. This is who I am. With an intentionality, I'm going to live out who I am, knowing that I'm recognizable to other people. Now, also part of this is, you know, we don't want to be narcissistic here where it's about me. Don't ever walk into church and think it's about you, is it? No, church isn't about me. It's not about what I get. It's about what I give. Always come ready to give. Okay? It's not, I didn't get anything out of that song. I didn't get anything out of that message. I didn't get anything out of that lesson. No, I came to give. God has received praise from me today. God has been honored for me today. My church family has been built, encouraged, and equipped because of what I've given today. Always come ready to give. All right? Uh, but having this identity here, we want to be people who are not wrapped up in what we get, all about me, but about other people. I think it becomes easy sometimes to classify a group of people as those are people I'll never talk to because we just disagree. Or those are people I'll never hang out with because they're a different color than me or they have a different culture than me and so I just, I cannot kind of set myself up to be in that awkwardness. Listen, they have an identity also. They have an identity also. And they've been created to be somebody also. And they're to go out and live a certain way also. And they're recognizable also. And so what we've got to do is look past surface sometimes to be able to understand how God identifies other people and not just how we see ourselves. Now I've got a feeling if the last year is any indication, the next couple months here are going to be very tense and very intense. And you're probably going to have some friendships dissolve. Or you're going to have some people who have differences of opinion. You're not going to talk to them until after the election. Because you think they're stupid. They don't see the world correctly. If they loved God the way that I did, then they'd think differently. And so we, we cast a set of characteristics on people as though that's their identity. And if they are different than us, then you are worthless to me. We've got to be very careful about drawing boxes around people where God doesn't draw them. We've got to be very careful about ascribing titles to ourselves that God doesn't ascribe. And so what is our identity in Christ? And that's kind of where we're going to be heading here today. Have you guys seen the series of movies, the Bourne movies? 
Jason Bourne. Matt Damon plays Jason Bourne. If you've not seen these movies, he was a CIA kind of special agent who's kind of brainwashed, basically like a robot, and they could never say no. And so whatever the government said for them to go do, it was never an option. It was a command, and so they'd go do it. We need you to show up at this place at this time and kill this person. Boom, I'm on the way. It's just how life goes. And so along the way in a mission, he finds himself being attacked, and he gets shot, and he ends up floating out at sea in this suit. Well, these group of fishermen pick him up and bring him back to life, and, but he has no clue who he is. He has amnesia. And so he spends the course of these movies trying to recapture, trying to discover who he really is. Now, he starts the first one with a, a woman named Marie, and he has a kind of a friendship relationship with her. And he's running from police. Police are chasing him, but he doesn't know why. And that would be terrifying, right? By the way, there are a lot of people who live in our communities who run from police who are chasing them for no reason. That's reality for people who look different than we look. Not all people, but that is the world that we live in. So we've got to figure out how do we navigate this kind of stuff. Jason Bourne was wondering, why are you people pursuing me? What have I done? And so he finds himself over and over frustrated. And he's quiet because he can't figure out who he is. And so Marie keeps questioning him. Like, where are you from? And what's your family? And... And he couldn't answer any of these questions. And so finally he just gets to the point where he says, I don't know who I am. And I don't know where I'm going. Listen, sometimes I think we have spiritual amnesia. We don't know who we are. Therefore, we don't know where we're going. He goes on to talk about, he's got a safety deposit box. It has six passports in it. And they all have his face on them with totally different names. He's got a handgun in there. Tons and tons of cash. He says, who has all this stuff? They're sitting in a restaurant. And he says, I can tell you that that guy sitting up there at the bar weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know where all the exits are in this building. I know the license plates on all six cars out in front of this building. And I know the best place to look for a gun is in the glove box of that gray truck out there. Why do I know all this stuff? Who am I? What kind of person knows some things about themselves but doesn't know who they are? Sometimes we function that way. I'm tall. I'm bald. You know, I'm whatever. You could fill in all the blanks of little details, but those things don't define me. And yet sometimes we live as though they do. I'm a certain age. I'm part of a certain denomination. I've got a certain job. Man, none of that stuff defines me. If God doesn't say it over me, I'm not saying it over myself. So we want to be very careful about how we create our identity. Who we see ourselves as will determine how we go out and live. Who am I? All right, Psalm chapter 8 is where we're going to be here. I pray God will give us a clearer picture of Himself. I pray that God gives us a clearer picture of who we are. Not just in understanding, but then in transformation. And that God gives us a clearer picture of other people all around us. It's necessary. Psalm chapter 8. You're going to find David here, and he's going to answer these three questions that we just kind of worked through. Who's God? Who am I in light of God? All right? 
And what does that mean about how I'm going to go out and live? The succeeding weeks following after here, we're going to talk through many different qualities, titles, names, things that God says over us. But for today, we're trying to get to who is God and who are we in light of him. So let's go. Psalm chapter 8. We're going to read the whole psalm here. There's nine verses. And I want you to understand something this morning. You're more than a name. You're more than a height. You're more than an age. You're more than a number. Right? You're more than a job title. You're more than the street address or a telephone number. You're more than a Democrat or a, cons- or a Republican, a liberal or a conservative, a free will Baptist in this room or a Nazarene in that room. You're a whole lot more than these little titles. I'm not saying they don't have some purpose. They just shouldn't define us. It's not my identity. Psalm chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you've ordained strength, and because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, then, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And so this morning, I want to work through this passage, and primarily we'll be in verse 1 and verse 9 and everyone in between, okay? We're going to make our way through the text here. But trying to understand who God is here initially, defining identity, defining identity. So you can track in your bulletin if you'd like. If not, we're just going to make our way through here this morning. So number one, defining identity is going to begin as we grow in our understanding of God. Right? It doesn't start with us, right? And so I'm not asking you what is your personality and what are some characteristics, what are some gifts or talents or abilities, what are some resources that you have. Our identity is not wrapped up in us. It's wrapped up in God. And so it starts as we get an understanding of who God is. Was David perfect? No, David wasn't a perfect man, so he was just like you and I, okay? He was striving after the Lord, trying to know the Lord, and here we find him growing in his understanding of the Lord, and we see this is the first part of identity, and here we see that he has some understanding. Lord, our Lord, how what? How majestic, or how excellent is your name in all the earth? And so David knew some things to be true about God, right? David knew that... He was majestic. David knew that he was holy. David knew that he was excellent. David knew that there was no one like God. And that God view would shape how David saw himself. Okay? And so where there's no view of God, the only way you have to determine your identity is, who do you say I am? And I would base my life on what you said. Or it's, who do I see in the mirror? And I'd base it on what I think of myself. When I graduated college, uh, one of our professor's wives was walking down the sidewalk and she walked by and she said, you know, we don't have very many people writing children's books, Christian children's books, and I just wonder if God's calling you to be a children's author. 
And so I keep waiting for that little tap on my shoulder. Here's God. It's time for you to start writing a book, all right? I could have let her determine my identity. And some people do. We said it earlier. What's your parents say over you? You're not as smart as him. So that means you don't have to study as hard. You don't have to try as hard over here. You've got to try a whole lot harder. But you're a better athlete. And you'll never be an athlete. So don't even try. And we're like, well, I guess I'm never an athlete. So I shouldn't try. We determine for people things that God has never said over them. So we want to make sure that we're getting the proper identity. And it all starts with looking at God first. And so David knew that God was excellent. David knew that he wasn't some random chance. David knew that he had purpose. There was significance to his life and his identity was wrapped up in his understanding of God. Therefore, the better he understood God, the better he understood who? Himself. And that's true for you and I this morning. The better, clearer picture we get of who God is, the better and more clearly we'll see who we are. And if I can't pursue God or I'm not pursuing God, then I'll, I'll have this identity crisis all my life. I don't know who I am. This person said I'm this, and this person said I'm this, and I kind of see these abilities, and I kind of have this desire. Okay, who are you? I don't know who I am. You're a whole lot. And there's a whole lot worth knowing about you here this morning. David looked to the Lord, and he found his identity. Here's what he says initially. He says, I understand that I've been made. I understand that I have been created. You, God, made me, or made men a little lower than the angels. I understand that I've been made by God. I understand I've been crowned with glory and honor. I understand that you have made me a ruler. I understand that you have put everything under whose feet? Under their feet, or under my feet. And so David has some understanding of who he is walking this planet because of what God has said over him. And so it all starts with you and I getting a right understanding of who God is. We've been made. And we've been made with a plan in mind. And so it's very important. If we don't look to God, we'll look to other people and we'll let them define who we are. The whole thing, a student or not, conservative, Republican, right? You line up with this set of beliefs, you live in this neighborhood, this part of the tracks, you make this much money, therefore this is who you are. No, you're wrong. Listen, the world is horrible at trying to cast identity on people. Sometimes we buy it. What do you call an identity that's not true? Alright, it's a false identity or it's a mistaken identity. Man, I think we've got a lot of Christians walking around with a mistaken identity. They don't know who they are. They think they're the denomination on the side. Or they think that they're, they line up with this politician and so this is who they are. Or they're this role in a church and therefore that's their title and that defines who they are. No, it doesn't. We've got to get bigger. We've got to look more clearly. And here we'll see that God has certainly created for us an identity that's not mistaken. And so when I take on an identity that's not mine, it's, it's a mistaken identity. What about when I take an identity from somebody else? What that, what's that called? This happens all the time. It's called identity theft. Right? And so where I'm, I'm going to take on somebody else's persona. I'm trying to become you. I'm going to imitate you. And so you are kind, so I'm kind. You're patient, so I'm patient. You drive your car and show up at a building somewhere on a Sunday, and I'm going to do the same thing. I see you carrying a leather book, and so I'm going to carry a leather book. 
And so all we do is hijack somebody else's persona or identity, and now we're claiming it as our own. Why am I doing these things? And we go, I don't know. You know why we don't know? Because we don't know who we are. And so where there is a, a mistaken identity or where there is identity theft, it always leads to an identity crisis. It's the idea that I just don't know who I am. And it leaves terrible things in its tracks. And so we want to work at getting a clearer view of God so we can get a clearer view of ourselves, clearer view of others, and live our light, life in light of His identity over us. If we're going to understand who we are, it's got to start with understanding who made us. This is true for everybody on the planet. David wasn't writing to believers. He wasn't writing for believers. This is for all people. And we've got a real identity crisis in our country right now. You've got schools scrambling, trying to figure out what they're going to do with bathrooms. Why? Because we've got a gender identity problem. We can't laugh about it and we can't make people feel stupid. You're an idiot for thinking that you're a boy and you should go in the girls' room. How dumb can you be? I mean, that resolves things, doesn't it? You may feel that way and I may feel that way, but we've got to get beyond that to look at the identity that God has placed on that person. Right? Here again, if we put ourselves in the little box, we'll never look outside that to care for that person. You're off base. You're wrong. You're sinful. And it's as though I should have nothing to do with you. Or I should have everything to do with you. You've been made. You've been crowned. You've had everything set under your feet. You've been created to rule. And you've bought a lie. And you're struggling in your identity. You don't know who you are. And you're in a crisis. So knowing who we are is, it's paramount. Knowing who we are in Christ. All right, secondly here, defining identity. We're going to try to get an understanding of God, and that goes on and on and on. But then secondly, it means we've got to be willing to ask some hard questions of ourselves. We've got to be willing to be honest enough with ourselves to look in the mirror of God's Word and be willing to answer some questions about ourselves. You know, one thing I want to say about this process is this. There's, there's nothing easy about it. You know, here six or seven years ago, we started a process through that book, Simple Church, and we said right up front, living intentional, which is what simple is all about. Living in intentional is simple, but it's not easy. Don't confuse the two. Taking an honest look at myself is not easy. I mean, it's a whole lot easier for me to steal your identity, right? And it's a whole lot easier to go through my life and let other people say over me, this is who you are. Because you were raised in this home, you went to this school, you grew up in this church, you went to that camp, that's who you are. I'm thankful for my heritage. Don't misunderstand me, but those things do not define me. Because God doesn't say that over me. So we've got to be willing to take an honest look at ourselves and ask some hard questions. And that means humility. That means vulnerability. That means honesty. And that's kind of a difficult place to go sometimes. The end result, though, is a true identity. Now, there are some sociologists and psychologists who have come up with four kind of um, placements of identity. There's one that's called identity diffusion. And when you're in a position of identity diffusion, you don't care what your identity is. I just want to have fun, do life. I don't care who I am. I don't need to know where I'm going. It doesn't matter. 
A lot of times this would be younger teenagers. Whatever. Life's out there and I'm just living my party here. It's not a big deal. And then you've got the identity foreclosure. Identity foreclosure is where you've bought what somebody else has set over you. So you don't know who you are and you don't know why you believe what you believe. Somebody just told you, son, daughter, this is who you are. And you walk around and you go, and this is who I am. Why are you that way? I don't know. But somebody said it over me and so that's who I am. So I've foreclosed on their opinion over me. There's identity moratorium, which is like an identity crisis, which means now I'm starting to ask the hard questions. I don't know who I am yet, but I'm on my way to get there. And I'm struggling, right? But I'm pressing. Identity moratorium. And then you find this place where you have reached the, the point of understanding who you are. And all of that has come through this kind of progression of, I didn't care who I was, and somebody said, who, this is who I am, but I didn't understand it. And now I'm trying to pursue who I am, and it's kind of scary. But ultimately, I'm going to get a place where I understand who God has made me to be. Trying to find your identity. And it can be a real struggle. It can be hard. Think about the prophet Isaiah for a minute. You remember when he, God pronounced over Isaiah, hey, you're the prophet who's going to go preach woe to people. Wouldn't you like that job? I think sometimes we think we're Isaiah's, don't we? You better shape up your life or you're going to get the wrath of God. Let them have it, buddy. Because of your rebellion, because of your adulterous heart, God has separated himself from you and now here's the consequence. He was preaching woe to other people. We like woe to other people. Isaiah got a vision of God and what did he say? He said, woe is me. I don't care about you people. Woe is me. I'm a wretch. I'm filthy. I'm unclean. In the light of my understanding of who God is. If Isaiah never started with God, if all God said was go preach woe, man, he would have loved his life. When he got a glimpse of who God was, it changed everything for him. Humbling, vulnerable, honest. You think about Paul. As Paul grew in his understanding of who he was, you can see the progression in his writings. His earlier writing says, I'm the least of the apostles. And so you've got these 12 guys, I'm the least of them. And then as he grew in his understanding of God, his later letter said, well, I'm the least of the believers. All right, so he's getting a little bit broader. And then when you look at his last writing or his latest writing, he says, I'm the worst sinner on the planet. I'm the chief sinner. See, as his understanding of God grew and his vulnerability to who he was was growing, his honest look at himself, man, he started seeing that he wasn't everything that he thought he was. Sometimes working our way through an identity, it's a real struggle. It's a whole lot easier just to let you say over me, you're a dad, you're a husband, you're a pastor, you're a teacher, you're a free will Baptist, you're a conservative, a Republican, you're this age, this height, you have this ability. It's a whole lot easier for you to say it over me than it is for me to open myself up and say, all right, God, who do you say that I am? What matters more than all of those things? And by the way, there's a whole lot more that matters. Not that those are insignificant. It means we've got to be willing to take an honest look at ourselves. And here we see that with David. David had experienced that in this text here as he's getting an understanding of God. 
Remember in verse 1 he says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name, how excellent is your name. Verse 3 he says, when I consider your heavens, aren't they excellent? We've had some really beautiful sunsets here recently. I don't know if you've been watching them or not, but the pink and purple skies at nighttime have been amazing. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what's his question? What is mankind? Really what he's saying is, who am I? In light of who you are, who am I? Who am I that you're mindful of me? Who are human beings that you care for? Them? Who are we? What's our identity? Why would you consider us when I think of how amazing and how excellent and how majestic you are? You know, here recently I've been reading about the sun. If you could measure the diameter of the earth and multiply that by 109, you get the diameter of the sun. That's pretty big, right? Scientists say that the sun weighs 330,000 times more than the earth. It's a big piece of real estate. They tell us that you could put 1,300,000 earths inside the sun. And God says, just go right there and just hang there. I mean, when you consider who God is, when he spoke it and it just happened, I mean, what do you speak and it just happens? We've done this here before. It's like, all right, just hang there. I can't make something almost lighter than air hang there, and God makes something that's 330 times heavier than the earth just hang there. Don't just do like you do. I mean, if that thing just started to collapse, we'd be goners. Nobody woke up today just panicked. I hope the sun keeps hanging up there. I'm terrified. You didn't, Christian, because you think God created it and He hung it there by His Word and you're okay with it. You are now, yeah. And so, David is considering the heavens of God, the work of His fingers, and he says, you are amazing. Who am I? In light of who you are, I'm nothing. Why would you ever think about me when you've got this splendor when I see your majesty just portrayed all over this universe, why would you ever consider me? Who am I? What is my identity? Listen, our true identity is seen in the light, not of the S-U-N, but of the S-O-N. And we'll be working through that here over the course of the next several weeks. And the truth of the matter is, it's very humbling. That's the heart that it should create in us. Sometimes we walk around like we could tell God a thing or two if He just had time to listen. If He'd listen to me, we could run this thing a whole lot better. Yeah, I think if He's holding the sun up there by His Word, I think it'd do us well to humble ourselves and just go with plan A. God, why would you consider us? You're excellent. You know what the Bible says over us? We aren't even good. Isn't that what it says? Didn't Paul write in Romans says there's none good, none righteous? No, not how many? Remember that old song? No, not one. Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only how many that are good? There's only one that's good. Why are you calling me good? Are you calling me God? Because only God is good. God's excellent. We aren't even good. God's majestic. And I just feel like I'm just ordinary. God's holy. And we're entirely sinful. God is 
powerful and it's hard to explain the power of God, let alone imagine it. What kind of power can speak that and that thing hangs there? I don't get it. I can't hang something that weighs a couple ounces out there. And he carries everything that way. I'm weak. Why me? So when I consider everything that you are, it makes me take an honest look at myself. Isaiah saw the Lord and took an honest look. John in Revelation saw the Lord and he passed out with fear. Just because of the holiness and purity of God. Here we see David working through the same progression. God, who am I? Who in the world am I that you would ever think about me in light of how awesome you are? And by the way, when you get there, that's a good place to be. That means we're making progress towards who we really are, towards what our true identity is. So humble ourselves, be honest with ourselves, be vulnerable, and let God define what our identity is. Defining identity means we've got to be willing to ask the hard question, take an honest look. Who am I? In light of who you are, why me? And then third this morning, Defining identity is going to require us to trust in what God says we are. So it's one thing to grow in an understanding of who God is. And it's one thing to understand what God has said over me. It's something entirely different to live that out. And I think we probably prove this daily. And this is one of the main reasons we struggle with our identity. <clears throat> you know, it's not a lack, it's usually not a lack of knowledge. It's usually not a lack of understanding. It's a lack of personal growth, spiritual development in that understanding or in that knowledge. So let's put this to the test. Does God tell us not to fear? And depending on translation, some translations have the do not fear 365 times. And you've heard that before, one for every day of the, of the year. And that's not what the Bible says. That's what people have said. All right? Have you feared anything recently? Have you feared something that kept you from doing something? You know why I didn't do something because I was afraid? You know what kind of problem I have? I have an identity problem. I seriously have an identity problem when I let fear determine what I'm going to do or not do. Because God says don't fear and He says that over me. And I walk out and say, yeah, I understand. God says don't fear and here's the opportunity to be afraid and what do I do? I get afraid. I've got an identity problem. We could do the same thing with anything else. You could work your way through all these different situations. And so if it was fear, it would be either I don't know who God is or I don't know what God has said about me, or I'm not trusting in what God has said over me. And that's the difference maker right there. Maybe here recently you found yourself being worried. Anybody worried recently? Did God tell us don't worry? Why do we worry? We worry because we don't know who we are. Oh, I understand God said don't worry, and I understand there's going to be situations where I shouldn't worry, but I'm worried in this situation, so what's the problem? Did God fail? No. I've got an identity problem. I don't know who I am. 
It's one thing to believe that God says don't worry. It's something else to totally trust Him in that. So I'm not going to worry. If what He said is true and if He is God and He says don't worry, don't fear, and I find myself afraid and worried, it means I'm struggling with who I am. Have you been frustrated recently? Nobody? A few of you have? You know what frustration amounts to? It means I don't understand my situation. I don't understand what's going on and why it's going on. I don't think this should be happening. No, really what it is, I have an identity problem. God's God and this is all His thing. He's allowed this into my life and so I'm not going to get frustrated over it. And because I'm frustrated over it, it means I don't trust in that God is over all this stuff. I'm struggling. I know and I understand, I just don't trust. Somewhere we've got to exercise our faith. Same thing with doubt. Same thing with insecurity. Same thing with all sorts of things. We could go on down a list here, but all sorts of problems stem from the very simple truth that we have an identity crisis going on. So here we see that David has worked his way through. Initially he said, God, I've considered you and you are awesome and majestic. And when I think about what you've made, I'm going to ask the hard question, who am I? But now he's going to come out on the other side of this and he's going to say, this is who I am. This is who I trust that you have defined me to be. This is my identity. You have made them a little lower than the angels and you have crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands and you have put everything under their feet. See, David understands who God has created him to be and he's starting to get his identity. Who am I? I've been created by God, made by God. Who am I? I've been crowned with glory and honor. Who am I? I've been created to rule. Who am I? God has put everything under my feet. In his understanding of God and in the simple, humble, honest questioning of himself, David comes to a point where we begin to see him owning his identity. And so then he closes once again with, then, okay, Lord, you've defined me, you've reminded me, you've helped me see who I am. So, Lord, our Lord, then how majestic is your name in all the earth? That is, Lord, I'm understanding who you are. And, Lord, in light of that understanding, I'm seeing who I am. And I can't hardly believe that you'd have anything to do with a person like me. I can't hardly believe that you would care for me, that you'd look after me but I trust you. And so I'll function as somebody who's a ruler. I'll function as somebody who's crowned with glory. I'll function and live as somebody who's crowned with honor. I'm going to live my life as though everything is submissive under the authority of God. To me, all these things that have been created, he's learning his identity. And so it's going to require us to trust in who God says we are. Listen, this is a big problem for all kinds of people, including us. You ever hard on yourself? You ever down on yourself? You know why? And we've been set free from some serious chains. And sometimes we just like to wrap ourselves back up in them. I'm an addict. I've got this past. I lived in such a way, or I've hurt this many people, or I've just lost my family. And, and we talked about God here recently being a chain breaker. He's this way maker. He's the one who's removed that. He's a 
person that sets us free. So why do I wrap myself back up in chains? It's because I've got an identity problem. Why do I walk around unforgiven? It's because I've got an identity problem. Why do I live my life as though I have no father? It's because I have an identity problem. Right? And there are several of these things that we're going to pursue here, but it all starts with God. My identity must be defined by what God says over me. Then I can begin to see who I am in Him. And then I can begin to ask the hard questions. And then it is that I can walk out of that and find myself living with trust in what He has said over me. Now, to, not, I, to not understand our identity leads to all sorts of crisis. So we mentioned addiction, broken relationships, heartache, emptiness, loneliness, abuse, suicide. All sorts of things are the result of an identity crisis. Right? People that don't walk out of here and live on mission for God it means we have an identity problem. I don't know who I am. Maybe I understand it, I just don't trust it. Or maybe other people have said this over me and because they said it over me, then that's who I am and I've got to live in line with that and I'm living outside of what God has created me to be. Listen, identity is huge. It touches every part of life and I think it's extremely important that we know who we are. So we're going to spend our time working through who Christ says we are. And so as we close here, I just want to ask you, who are you? In light of who God is, who are you? 